episode of Great Mates for our summer season. It's another Harry Potter episode. Today I've got with me Nick from Australia. Hello. We have Sandra from Puerto Rico. Hello. And Daisy from the UK. Hello. This is exciting. We've got like different regions today. And someone actually from the UK. Our resident, yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. Our resident Harry Potter yeah, got, expert. Got all your Harry Potter knowledge here. So yeah. we're just going to make you say things for the, the rest <laughs> of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like. How did you pronounce Hermione? Is my first question. Reading the books. Hmm. Uh, well, because it was initially my mum who read us the books, so I don't know whether I think she just. As far as I'm aware, I pronounced it Hermione. Hmm. Not Hermione. I can't really remember. It was quite far back, so you, know, you never know. She could have done. <laughs> All right. Um, but, yeah, Hermione. Was Hermione. Yeah, I love Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> My dad calls her Hermione now. <laughs> just out of. But that's me. <laughs> just to annoy me. Really. <laughs> All right. I think uh, as our first introduction, we need to go around and see our houses because otherwise, why else are we here? But are these so, the official houses uh, from Pottermore, or are they the houses that we consider ourselves to be a part of? Oh, that well, do you have different options there, Sandra? Um, well, I would like to believe that I'm a Gryffindor, but Pottermore says otherwise, and they are probably right. Pottermore says that I'm a Ravenclaw. <laughs> yeah, but I've done like three Pottermore tests, and they're always different, so I just choose whatever I want. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've done. I did Pottermore twice, and I I got Ravenclaw both times. So I just inherently believe it. <laughs> yeah, same. And for you got me. the diadem, I... so you got to kind of stay there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit late to change. Yeah. And Daisy, you're also a Ravenclaw. Yes, I am a Ravenclaw. So we're all technically Ravenclaws, which is. Yep. <laughs> yep. Unheard of. Except Sandra wants to be a Gryffindor, but you know. But the thing is that realistically, I probably wouldn't be able to be a Gryffindor because there's a certain courage requirement that I'm not sure I would be able to fulfill. Hey, hey, the hat takes your your um, oh, yes. opinion into consideration. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say if you ask, then you get. If you're much. if you're courageous enough to ask. Ugh. <laughs> oh, there you go then. You know that's actually something that I always wondered. I wonder. I mean, obviously the books never disclose that, but I wonder if any other student ever actually asked the hat to put them some, like in a specific house. Yeah, I feel like they must have done. Because you must think, I specifically want to be in this house, so, you know, I'll ask. Just on the off chance that I get put in that one. But, but who cares? Because it's about this one kid. <laughs> oh, but I know that and one of Harry's kids, I can't remember which one, is just like, I don't want to be Slytherin. And he's just like, yeah, the hat kind of tells you. Like, you can tell the hat what to do. <laughs> You've been but told all your life this magical hat's going to tell you where And then I broke the goddamn hat. <laughs> I know that that's a question I would ask J.K. Rowling if I ever met her in person. Like, is Harry, like, the only student who's ever asked to be in a specific house? And see, like, what she would say. Hmm. I don't, like, hmm. Because 
Yeah, you'd, you'd think, because, you know, there's a stigma. You, you know, you've got, there's a stigma amongst all of the houses, and you, you know, Slytherin, evil, Hufflepuff is there, like, they're annoying and love each other, and, like, <laughs> Ravenclaw are the nerds, and Gryffindor are the jocks. Like, you probably would be offset towards one, like, you wouldn't want to go, depending on how you're brought up. But then as well, yeah, but then as well, you've also got, like, the Weasley thing where they would be happy to be in, say, Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff, but because they're always in Gryffindor, you just want to make your parents proud and be in Gryffindor. Mm. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be the exception, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because... Mm, it's easier to say we've black. all always been in Gryffindor yeah, than exactly. to say, oh, so yeah. our entire family has been in Gryffindor, except for this one person. <laughs> which I think <laughs> is probably a big... Which is, which is a big plotline with Sirius Black and his mm-hmm. being in Gryffindor and his whole family in Slytherin. Exactly. And which which I still find confusing that the twins, Padma and Pavati, were in different houses. But then again, twins aren't the same person. But, like, you'd think that, like, because most families are in the same are in the same house anyway, like, as a hereditary, like, sort of trait. And then all of a sudden these two twins, who you'd think would share the most traits, are suddenly in two different houses. I just think that's interesting. It definitely is interesting. But I I, I mean, speaking from my own experience with a set of twins that went to school with me, I feel like they, I mean, I guess it would depend. But I know that these two twins, they were very... Um, particular about their own individual traits Mm. so like Mm. they really they really made a point of letting everybody know that they were totally different people and so one of them was yeah i was gonna say maybe like yeah probably thought both of them thought i want to be in a different house to you so then i guess the sorting hat maybe took that into account like also obviously there's the different traits that they have so it's like wanting to go into different houses and then just generally also being having those different traits to each other. They might actually, somebody might actually remember which one's which if they're wearing different coloured clothes. Well, yeah, but also... <laughs> yeah, that's like, true as well. They've probably shared a bedroom for 11 years. You just get here like, I just don't want to share a bedroom with this person for once in my life. <laughs> just that just that small thing. Yeah, sure. I'm sure it happens. <laughs> it's just another way of getting, getting away from them. Yeah. But what about, like, all of... Hmm. No, I was going to say what if all the Weasleys, but they, they seem like a fairly close-knit family anyway. Like, they're, they're fine sharing a dorm. Yeah. Considering... And then again, they, they're not really rooming together because they're in different years. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it wouldn't really matter that much with them, but with the twins, they would be in the same year, so chances are they would then be in the same Fred room. and George, so... Yeah, but exactly. they, they are one in the... Like, they are the same I mean, person yeah, there's in no two difference, bodies. Really. Yeah, there's, there's definitely. Um, yeah, Fred and George are the interchangeable twins. Because they. This comes, are pretty, yeah. This comes to my first question. We're gonna. It's gonna get serious real quick. Did you cry reading the books or watching the movies? And who, who did you cry at? Because mine was uh, definitely when Fred died in. The books, I cried in the books really hard. Because there's something in the books that's just, 
like like it's how, just it's the, how his family looks at him when yeah. like lying on the ground that part like got me real hard <laughs> you know it's i can't remember mm-hmm. if i actually cried at any point cuz this was so long ago at mm. this point it's hard to remember yeah it's hard to remember i feel like if i had cried i would have probably cried at um yeah wait i forget which one wait i always get them confused which is the one who died fred 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 i dead. always ra- i fred's feel oh, no. yeah i feel like if i had cried i would have cried at fred and it's and probably because of the same reason because it's not so much his death but it's how it impacts his entire family Mm. and especially George because they had such a close relationship just like me picturing these two brothers who are always so close suddenly one of them has to go through life without sharing all the same experiences that his brother has it's just for me it's like a heartbreaking prospect have you read all those like tumblr things that are like yeah oh those are the most heartbreaking because people like really get into it and are like George looks in the mirror and is and can't like look at himself in the mirror because he just sees Fred so he dyes his hair like a ridiculous color so that he doesn't like get scared and I was like (laughs) (laughs) no yeah definitely there's that that one where it's like um uh Mrs. Weasley couldn't imagine them separated when she saw them like her whole you know when she saw her whole family dead with the um Mm -hmm. the bogger and there's a whole thing of like, well, she couldn't see them separate because she couldn't imagine them not ever being together. And then it's like, yeah, now they're not. Yeah. I hate reading those ones, but also I can't help myself. Most of the time. <laughs> yeah, and I'll- yeah, I think it was Fred and uh, who was it? Uh, Tonks. Okay, here comes the unconventional answer, which is Dobby. Mm. I th- Both times that. Teared me apart. I think in the film, in particular, it's quite, it's it's something because you just you actually see this tiny little being who made this ultimate sacrifice. I, I know that in the film, I found it to be very touching. I don't, I don't think I cried, but it definitely tugged mm. at my heartstrings. See, I think I came to it late, so I already knew a lot of these, a lot of things were going to happen. So I was expecting his death. Mm. But I think I think more than anything, it's the tombstone in the movie, and they like close up on it, and I'm like, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> like it's just such a beautiful thing for, especially like the house elves to be treated as equals and given like a burial sort of thing because yeah. it was, you know, it was still a a, a, a creature with human ish emotions mm-hmm. but I don't think I cried I also think it was very different in the books because in the books like he was mm. in every single book helping at Hogwarts doing all this stuff so he yeah, becomes he was more, more human um, yeah. present in the books yeah so that's interesting because when I'm when I was when I'm watching the film and I see Dobby on screen, I come to it with all the background that I have uh, going into it from reading the books. So to me, so I I, I still yeah. feel that personal attachment. Yeah, exactly. I would imagine that perhaps if you haven't read the books and don't get all of that other backstory about how close or uh, 
or, or how Dobby's relationship with the lead characters has sort of like blossomed, <laughs> I think it would be perhaps it wouldn't be as uh, gut wrenching. But f- like for me, coming into it, knowing all all like all his all the things that he's done for them, like throughout the years, it's just a little bit more. Uh. Yeah. See, I probably did the series the wrong way. Like, I came to it late, so they were all released, all the movies were released. So what I did was I did book, movie, book, movie through the whole thing. And I think that was probably the wrong way to go about it. But it Mm -hmm. was... But, like, I really love, um, like, uh, like, uh behind the scenes of films and stuff so I really like to know how stuff is created and how they wrote around certain things and what they took out and what they put in like in terms of a film sense so I think I found that interesting in terms of storyline but in terms of like just being absorbed by the world that she wrote about not necessarily made visual in the movies I think I missed a bit of that uh, growth in terms of character development because you see, you read it and you see it differently. Like they're portrayed differently. I think I think that it's a credit to her how much detail and growth she's able to weave into all and each I think and every something book. About, something about the movies is that I think you're expected to have already read the books, so a lot of that background and that building is already done. With oh, I think definitely in the later films. Yeah. 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 Especially with um, Prisoner of Azkaban, which is a hit, hit, oh no, not Prisoner of Azkaban, sorry, Order of the Phoenix, which is a yeah. heavy book, um, and like it's like the like just a regular sized movie. Yeah, and then yeah, you have a lot of the movie leaves out the best scene from the book, which is at the hospital. Oh, that yeah. is yeah, my favorite scene yeah. in any of the no, books. the fact that they so left out because it just tells so much story. Yeah, the, the leaving out of Saint. Mungo's entirely like with um, Lockhart and then Neville's parents. And Neville, yeah, that's the. It's yeah. But it's my favorite book as well, and so that means that's led itself to be my sort of the worst movie for me, just because of the amount that they same leave out and yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. Also, there's more umbrage to hate. Yeah. Yeah. That's just just in that book, you just really grow to hate that character. Yeah, I think that was the first character where I was reading a book and I genuinely felt hatred and I was genuinely upset and mad whenever she would do something it was just yeah that ugh. bit with the with the quill that like inscribed the on his physical, hand yeah the physical I punishment of it felt physically sick like reading that bit and like I kept rubbing my hands for for a while after reading that book and I was like it feels weird she just doesn't she writes so well in she writes bad characters really well. Yeah. <laughs> like evil characters. Well also, like, Umbridge represents every single teacher we've ever hated. So and when you're watching and reading as a as a child, all those feelings are really fresh. Yeah, because you're still in school. So so you can actually feel that hatred more. See, I was a really sheltered child and I really didn't have that many teachers that I disliked because I was a huge teacher's pet. So <laughs> I yeah. really Oh I didn't, uh, same, but I still had teachers I despised. Yeah, I didn't I, really I, relate to it that much, but yeah, I definitely saw where it came from. 
Yeah, I had teachers I disliked, not despised, but definitely teachers that I didn't really like that much. So Umbridge for me was like an like an over exaggeration and like a, a yeah representation of that. And so I don't know if this was like a just a rumor, but one of our teachers got um, fired because she pushed a kid down the stairs. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Oh, oh my god. Like, everybody hated her because she was a fucking bitch. But, like, yeah, I think I ha- it was, like, this short little staircase of, like, four or five steps. So we, and, like, that that's how we think she got fired. Yeah, I had a teacher in middle school who would throw the eraser at a student in my class because he would misbehave in class and she would literally throw the eraser at him. Oh, and it would, it would sometimes smack him in the face, you know? <laughs> what was it made of? Just like the regular, like, er- like uh, erasers. Like, a, for like the, it was foamy? Like, yeah, like one of those foamy ones with, like, the plastic okay, yeah. backing. Well, I, I had a couple of teachers who were the same. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you but, meant, like, that But like then I've also seen rubber. ones that are, like, wooden, and I was like, yeah, don't throw the wooden no, ones No, not the wooden one. Kids. It was, like, the plastic one with, like, a foamy. Because that will concuss the poor child. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but still, it's, like, not okay. Like, you can't just throw... Oh, no, it's not okay. Throw something at someone else's child. <laughs> but at least it's only fine. <laughs> yeah, Defending was... the action, actions of his teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah Nick, was... do, you, do you have something about your childhood we need to... <laughs> oh, I just... When, when I was, like, in primary school, I... I had a lot of bad experiences with teachers, just not understanding, uh, like, behavioural conditions and that. Mm. And they just decided, like, anyone who was labelled with even a small... It's not really a learning disability, but that type of stuff. They would just be like, you're immediately the R word. Oh, God. And, and that was not right, and that really... Yeah. That was not fun, but... Mm. You know, then I got to high school, and high school was fun, so all good. Oh God! All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving on quickly. Um, so we talked about our favorite books. Daisy, you said yours was Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. What What are your guys' favorite books? Mine would probably be Order of the Phoenix too, followed closely by uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. I think that's my second favorite. I find that's usually the case. It's either Prisoner of Azkaban or Order of the Phoenix. And I don't know what what it is, really. I think, to an extent, it's because it's the only book where Voldemort isn't the immediate villain. So, like, I think... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the only book where Harry doesn't directly come in contact with Voldemort. I don't think. Throughout the series. And... It's sort of like a little bit of a fresh perspective when there's like a a different bad guy and we can focus on a different bad guy. And I don't know. Even though, like, you still have the underlying storyline. Exactly. You can see the end, but you've got to get through these hurdles, which makes more sense in a series-wise because, you know, having the same, like, villain and you go head-to-head with them through every single book and there's seven of them, you know, it gets a bit... Gets a bit boring after a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Nick? Your favorite book? Book. Um, this will actually be interesting going back to the first just to see what I say. But today I'll say. Um, yeah. What did you say? You were on the. F- I, say, first I, I, I don't remember. I don't remember. But 
It'll probably either be order or goblet. Hmm. Just See, because I like the I like the Triwizard Tournament and how it's all set up and the yeah. gaminess of it. I find it's disappointing that how much they cut out in the movie. Like yeah. that, the Triwizard well, bit is like Dobby. a really small. <laughs> Dobby plays an important role in that book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyway, Neville used Neville kind of needed the role yeah, anyway Neville, in, in the movie. Yeah, Neville, and then didn't that redeems itself. That redeems uh, him in later books, where he then becomes professor of herbology. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. No, because my favorite book is Prisoner of Azkaban. I haven't. I need to do a reread because I haven't read them in a long time. But book club. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. Mm. Yeah. See, I, I can't keep up with book club because I. Because <laughs> whenever it starts, I'll be read. I'm reading a different book. And then, yeah, and then I'm like, mm, do I start that book? Because then I could start and finish that book within a couple of days, but then you like you want to keep up with everybody else. But then I'm also reading this other book, so then I just don't contribute whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> that was the same with me. I was like, I already read so many comics. Like, do I then stop reading comics and fall further behind, and then read a novel, or do I kind of like half read? It's like, it's easy to just... Yeah, I've gotten to the point where I've bought the book for the next book club and then haven't read it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I, do, I do find that we tend to, um, to like contribute more if it's a Harry Potter book. Oddly yeah. <laughs> than yeah. if it's not. It's not to say that the other picks... Yeah, not to say that the other picks aren't good, but there's just something about Harry Potter that just brings people together and it just makes you want yeah. to contribute. I've had this conversation about the community more so than the actual content of Harry Potter. Like, mm-hmm. I like the Harry Potter community is so amazing and it's so big. Mm. Like, you could go to any continent and find any like and find a Harry Potter fan. Like, it's just it's been translated multiple times in so many different languages and it's just incredible like you could go you could wear like a small pin on your jacket and go to like a convention and somebody will find you like it's just yeah it's it's just amazing and it's also not a poisonous community like i find mm. with a lot of fandoms it's really po- you can get like really poisonous factions but i don't yeah. think i've ever met a poisonous harry potter fan yeah, I think maybe because yeah. it's so big and there's so many opinions that you just maybe can't, you know, argue with all of them. Maybe also because it takes everyone back to a childhood state yeah. where, like, children are kind of seen to be pure, and I will run off this, where kind of then you you uh, come back to these pure childhood emotions of just mm. joy and happiness and, and anger prob- rather than and probably poisonous because- ones. The series is now the first book is twenty years old. You, yeah. you. It's also in itself nostalgic. Mm. It like the series is in itself nostalgic now, and it's also like a common topic of conversation for people throughout different age demographics mm-hmm. because adults have read it, children have read it, teens have read it. So it's something that you can, if you find a Harry Potter fan, no matter what the, their age is you can carry on a conversation with them for hours on end and you'll be mm. able to have that little thing in common, even if you have nothing else in common other than that. Yeah. 
it, it's so great. Like, like even on our our Slack, on our We Stayed Late Slack, we <laughs> can talk about Harry Potter for hours. <laughs> but even if it's just between, you know, five people that are really strong-minded about it, you have mm-hmm. people that will still contribute. Like, everybody still knows the series. Everybody, like, knows of the characters, even if you haven't read or seen any of the movies. Like, yeah, it's just, you can't, it's you just can't universal knowledge at this point, yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. So, Nick, did we talk about if you cried in the books or movies? Yeah, Dobby. Dobby. Oh, yeah. Poor Dobby. <laughs> and the thing is, the thing is, my, one of my favorite characters is Bellatrix. Like, like I like she's just I love um, Helena Bottom Carter, and she just portrays her so well in the movies. Like I love the like creepiness she brings to it. I think that but, was yeah. spot on casting. I mm. think it's like one of. I mean, it's but, generally you know, a well cast the worst thing she does. Oh but, yeah, Harry Potter, like, like it's generally like a very well cast uh, franchise. Like mm. all the roles, I think, were cast beautifully. But like she in particular is like one of the spot on casting yeah. choices. And one of my favorite scenes, I think it's in the Deathly Hallows Part One, um, where it's Hermione is playing Bellatrix, who's but Helen and Bottom Carter is trying to act like. Emma Watson as Hermione and it's like like the most incredible scene that like that this person is acting like this person but the characters are acting in the opposite thing way and it's yeah. just yeah and it like it's amazing to watch also I love her wand her wand is like it's like bent and it's so different to every other wand so I find yeah anyway mm. Do you have a particular favourite character? And don't tell me it's Harry Potter, because it never is. No, no one's favourite character is ever Harry. No, no one cares, no. He's so, Mine is Hermione. Like... I think Hermione is my favourite. Is that because... Is there a specific reason? I think I found that out of all the characters, she was the one that I could relate the most to. Because I was very much a bookworm growing up, very much so a teacher's pet growing up. I... I really would play by the rules, but if a friend of mine really needed help, then I would be willing to bend the rules a little bit for their benefit, but just so. Um, So I felt like as far as relatability, I related the most to her as a character. And so, now we I understand the Ravenclaw Gryffindor thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so it's it's just like I said before, it's just, it makes sense. But I think as far as re- re- uh, sorry relatability goes, I think she's probably my favorite character and then she would be f- closely followed by Luna. Because mm. I just love Luna because she's so unique and so unapod- unapologetically herself. Like being yeah. the weird one in a weird world, I can't think of a bigger burden, but yet she's so authentic to herself, which I think is very admirable. And I remember as a kid, even then thinking that it was so amazing. So I think that those two would be my Yeah, favorites. that somebody is so individual and, like, owns it. Like, she doesn't give a shit what anybody else thinks about her. Exactly. She's also just so lovable. Yeah. yeah. 
like yeah, she she's not she's not an idiot. She and she's in Ravenclaw, and like she she like is is a lovable character and is always in the background. Is always like is always present. Is always like helping out. Like I loved that um, she was included in when they went to the Ministry of Magic to go and find the. <sighs> Prophecy. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and also I just love um the actress that portrays her. She's always at like the leaky con and stuff like that. That oh, was yeah. because she was a Harry Potter fan before yeah. she was a Harry Potter actress. Yeah, yeah, which is like the greatest story. That's like the ultimate dream, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Daisy, you've got a favourite character? I mean... Off the top of my head right now, it would probably have to be McGonagall. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I just, like, the way that she sort of, just, I mean, her whole life in general, I don't know if you've, like, read any of the backstories or anything. I love that, like, the extra detail that Jackie Long has gone into about her. Mm. But also just the way that she is as a teacher, like, because she's sort of firm enough to be, like, Respect the students are sort of not scared of her, but yeah, respect her. Yeah. But then she's like obviously nice enough that they can sort of feel like they can go to her or she will help them out and things like that. But yeah, she's definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure my answer would change depending on the day you ask me, but yeah. at the moment it's definitely <laughs> McGonagall. As, like as a teacher, like I've taught dance to kids. I want to be McGonagall. Like she is <laughs> like peak, like um, teacher goals. Yeah, like teacher, like um, adult just a higher up person like she just has all of these qualities that make her so great and I'm like I want to be her please please give me like all of her traits (laughs) except you know you'd have to deal with children all the time and I don't want to do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that's the one one downside the one downside is you have to deal with fucking children all the fucking time all right Nick (laughs) but also you get to be a cat yeah yeah <laughs> um, I mean, you could register plus. to be an animagi for any for anybody. Anybody did it. So, uh, my favorite characters would be probably McGonagall, but also um, Arthur and Molly, which just makes me realize I like the parental characters. Oh, yeah. they're, they're just they're just so not uh, loving is a, is kind of a word, but it's just they're all strong characters who do what's right for the right reasons mm. and but are all also quirky and strong in their own way what is the function of a rubber duck yeah like the the beautiful yeah. naivety of the muggle world is yeah i, I love arthur's fascination yeah, with everything yeah muggle. me too like that's i feel like that's how i would be as a wizard i would just love to sort of see how things work on the other side I know that with book club, I made a comment at some point where I was just so intri- I just found it so endearing how Arthur seems to be more fascinated with non-magical stuff than Harry is with magical stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because Harry just takes ta- Harry takes a lot for granted. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, the fact that yeah, when Arthur. Like with the car and like and he just little, loses his little- shit. Yeah, it's great. Also, how much magic would you have to put into that car to make it fly? 
Like that that's the other thing. That takes such a high skill and threshold of magic. Well, he does work for the Ministry of Magic. You don't get that job too easily. Yeah, it's like he's sort of presented as a sort of like bumbling kind of character, but then obviously as I say, yeah, he must have like a real high skill level that he just because he's so bumbling you don't quite sort of see on the surface. Sort of hidden away a little bit. Which is also why- I th- I think as a like a scientist, I have that curiosity that matches Arthur's. Mm. So I kind of relate there. And then we're both ginger, so <laughs> that makes it an easy comparison. So just going through the Weasleys, we all know Ginny is a great character in the books. 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 It's she has a couple of alright moments in the, in the films. But she's just annoying. <laughs> That's one of my biggest disappointments in the films, actually. Yeah. How because um, she's not Jin- even a bad actress. She's no, just no, written, she's, she's written she's, poorly. Yes, that's the problem. She's a fangirl, and, and she's I feel like she's bad fangirl. lines. And I also think going back to like her presence throughout the films, she, her like in the books, she's very much present throughout, like sort of in the background of everything that is happening. Either as like a sisterly character, or when once Harry starts to take an interest in her romantically, you you can always she's always there. In the films, not so much. And even if she were, I guess that they don't make enough of a point ab- about it. So yeah. it kind of goes. Yeah, they kind of shoehorn shoe her, shoe her in. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like it, yeah, it feels like, forced. Oh yeah, they're together. Yeah, like the the Have scene that. where they're in the kitchen and she's like, "Can you zip me up?" Like that was creepy. Like it was just yeah uncomfortable. And then when they're in, um, is it the room of requirement? And yeah, like they like make out. I'm like, like hiding mm, the book. Yeah. It just feels. Mm, just it's feels like they, they they didn't sort of gradually phase out the fangirl. Then they just went straight from fangirl to. Yeah, it was like girlfriend. It was like, it was like they got to like the fourth movie and they were like, "Oh shit, we need to include her." It's yeah, not just that, but it's also hard. in the movies because she has few scenes. She goes from sister to love interest, which yeah. then just is a bit creepy. Yeah. When in the books, the road is a bit more well defined, and, and it's more you can kind of too. see where the int- where the feelings come from and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And you also get, in the books, you get the backstory when Hermione uh, goes to Ginny and and tells her, like, look, this is never going to happen. You might as well kind of get over it and start venturing out in the world. And so she Mm. sort of gets a chance to have her own place as her own person Mm. in the books, whereas in the films... And then in the movies, the version of that is her going and dating, like, like, uh, Seamus and Dean. And I'm like... Yeah, it's Dean. Yeah, I'm like, uh, like, like she's dating like three guys at the same time. I'm like, what are you doing? This is oh yeah, because I was gonna say she does date a lot of guys in the books, but um, it's a lot more sort of like stretched out, and so it makes more sense. Exactly, it makes more sense, and it's not as as sudden as it is in the in the movies. Yeah, it's like proper teenage dating. Exactly, whatever that might be. (laughs) Oh yeah. Speaking of love interests, what are your opinions on Cho Chang? <laughs> the most awfully named character, but an interesting one. 
I was always indifferent about her. I yeah, guess. yeah. So I don't really think I have that much. You don't have an opinion? don't have much of an opinion. See, I really, really pined for them to be together. Hmm. Like, I was like, I'd, for whatever reason, I don't know. Um, but I was like, come on. Because I think maybe it was like a first love thing. He, he like, realised that he had feelings for somebody. Maybe it was like that sort of thing. Then Cedric Diggory had to come in and ruin it all. <laughs> yeah, but then also, <laughs> then even after that, then they're just, they're related by a death, which is never a good thing. Yeah. And then also, she's and then she written in such a way where she's a lesser Hermione, where it's like, we've already got a good Hermione, we don't need a yeah. worse Hermione. And she's basically written in for like, just that bit in now. Um, yep. In a goblet of fire, and then she she disappears. Yeah, I just I never paid much attention to her. Honestly, when I was going and then there's the snitch thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, But when I was going through like houses, reading the books, I'm like, which one do I want to be? I always wanted to be like the least like looked at one, like. like, I, I don't know, there's, some, there's, there's something in me that's like, I want to be unique. Um, so I was like, so that takes Gryffindor off the table. That takes Slytherin <laughs> because, you know, blah. and then And then this was at the rise of Hufflepuff when all of, like, the hipsters were being like, oh, yeah, Hufflepuff's the greatest house. So I was like, eh. so that leaves Ravenclaw. And then I was like, are there any, like, redeeming characters in Ravenclaw? And you go through and you're like, oh, Cho Chang, who was probably the most, the second most prominent, maybe after Luna. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, that's about it. Hmm. Yeah, but there's also Flitwick. <laughs> yeah, but like... He's very in Claw. Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> he is one of the best characters, <laughs> in my opinion. Like, he's not my favourite character, but he's a really good character because he's just there doing his thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anybody feel so strongly about Professor Flitwick. <laughs> got a strong love for Flitwick here. <laughs> I think with the Cho Chang's storyline, it was like, I think it was trying to be, these two people have sort of been brought together by this death. And it, I think possibly the sort of confusing feelings around that and they decided, okay, let's sort of have a little date for a bit. But it didn't really pan out in any way apart from him. So basically, I'm pretty sure he just ignored her, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah, pretty much. And they went, yeah, they, and it was just like, okay, well, that's. I think if it had gone to like them realizing, oh wait, we don't actually really, or we don't really like each other anymore because you know that all this has happened, then maybe that would have worked out better. But him just straight up being like, nah, I'm alright, ghosting her. Yeah, but he also really work out as well as I think it could. He also done. so pushed it after Cedric died. Yeah, and I was like, uh, can you like wait a little bit longer, maybe? Yeah, give her <laughs> give her a couple of seconds to grieve yeah. before wait for you the put to go your cold. tongue in it, in her mouth. Like, calm down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Um, how about another love interest that I didn't really pay much attention to and I found pretty annoying. Lavender Brown. Uh, uh. 
No, because you find her annoying. Yeah. One, because she's tra- she's in between Ron and Hermione, which is like the big couple of the series. But I think that she's just annoying in her own right, And she's right, just an annoying too. character. She's yes. just an annoying person. I kind of like how she was portrayed in the movie. Like, she's like overly detached, like attached and like, like definitely somebody I know. Like she's, she's definitely somebody I can yeah. be like, yeah, you remind me of that person. I don't really remember her in the books that much. She, she feels like a real person, which is always good, but she's that type of girl who has watched every single rom-com and just believes that that is relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the, the scene that I, um, associate her with the most is when she breathes in the glass and then draws a heart like (laughs) (laughs) oh god yeah there's also the the one one nicknames the sort of epitome of her you know Mm. weird love for him obsessive love forced nickname yeah he (laughs) forced nickname Oh, but one, one. I but something that I really like about Lavender Brown and how they sort of turn it around is obviously Lavender didn't really like Hermione that much. She would view her as a threat. But then yeah. it all comes full circle during the final book or the final movie when I, I can't remember if they portray it in the movie, but in the book when um, the werewolf attacks Lavender and Hermione is the one who kind of comes to her rescue. I just thought yeah. that, that was a really nice a really nice Lavender, detail. Because I'm pretty sure they kill her in the movie. Like let I think in, there's a, like the werewolf's on top of her and she's just dead. I think it's like un uh, uncertain yeah. her yeah. fate in the films. I don't think like, she, I think she's just lying there actually. Like the, I think the werewolf like moves away and she's just lying there but you don't see her like whether she's dead. But or, I'm pretty like, sure in the movie it's specific that Hermione saves her life. Like, I'm, I'm not, I can't really remember all that much, but I'm pretty sure Hermione saves her life, which is... I seem, I can't, I seem to remember in the book that there's a line where it says, like, her feeble body, who, that, where she was, like, barely moving, but I don't think that they, I can't they remember. specify. I can't remember yeah, if they specify. Yeah. I, I can't, mean, just I... to add it to the pile of already dead characters that we have... What's another one? Uh. <laughs> but I think that ultimately it speaks to her character how mm. she could have easily... Because you find her to be like such a superficial, annoying character, right? But at the end of the day, she during the Battle of Hogwarts, she was one of the students who chose to stay and fight. And yeah. if you look at it, from, if you try to kind of put yourself in her shoes... You know, would you stay in this battle where you might probably die and you're like barely a teenager, barely an adult? Yeah. Also, like, would who, you who was like, this is a good position? idea. Let's have all of our students fight for us. Like, that was also not a smart which, thing. Which, uh, like, magical parents decide to send yeah. their kids back to Hogwarts? <laughs> <laughs> Just don't do it. After, like, maybe the third year. You'd be like, fuck, man, this... Oh, you'd just hold him back a year. You'd just be like, just cut this year out so you're not with Harry. Yeah. Like, or even if you're just not be with like... that kid, you'll be good. But even, like, 
you just like, oh, there's a school, you know, like maybe a couple countries over. We can yeah. we, we have flu powder. Just go to school that way. Oh, I know for a oh, fact even. my parents my parents would have would not have let me go back to Hogwarts. Or even just had been go to down. a Muggle school, learn proper life skills for once, like learn learn math, no. and and you know I'll tutor you in magic. And then we'll yeah, get a school. Like I'll I'll homeschool you in magic and you can get a proper education. No. No. There was like there was a bit of um was it Seamus said that his like mum's threatening not to send him back to Hogwarts and you think Yeah. If you're even contemplating that, you'd probably think, yeah, maybe I shouldn't send yeah. him back, although that was just because she didn't want him hanging around with Harry who's telling lies about Voldemort being back, but you know. But that's that's a bit that annoyed me. But I feel like as an as an adult, like if you're just like a, a like a uh what's the word? Um if you're just standing by and you're not if you're just a parent and you're not in it and you you don't know the kid personally, you've never talked to this kid personally, uh the most logical explanation is that He's pro- like this one kid is probably lying. I feel like that's a very reasonable conclusion mm-hmm. for an adult to to reach. But like he's also, also the most famous kid. Like yeah, yeah that's a, he might be say, attention like, seeking, yeah. and also the kid probably has PTSD. Yeah. So True. yeah, it's not. It's not probably making shit possibility up, possibility seeking attention, scarred by previous uh, previous events. Yeah, but my point is okay. that it's like most of the it's characters not... probably just need to see a psych. Yeah, but, but <laughs> like my point is that it's not yeah. an entirely unreasonable like stance yeah. for a parent to make. To, to yeah, it's not a sort of yeah, no, especially massive jump for them. Yeah, yeah, but like yeah, especially if you, like the whole the whole the end of every year something happens and somebody almost dies or somebody does die. Why are you sending your kids back still? <laughs> like. Like, really? Well, if it just happens at the end of the year, just have them do, like, <laughs> just, uh, like, summer to winter, just every year. It'll but take longer. But have these kids ever had an exam? Like, like how do they, like, was, there was, like, one book where they were, like, exams are cancelled for this year specifically, but I was like, what about all the other years where shit happens at the end? Like, that basilisk yeah, just, was probably fucked up. Chamber of Secrets. Writing tests is not interesting. You can't be like, Harry sat at a desk and looked at the paper. He didn't understand 50% of the questions. He failed that (laughs) class that year. That's not interesting reading. But, like, it makes him more relatable as a student. Like, you have. Like, Hermione. Like, I love those scenes where they're, like, you know, sitting down doing homework. Hermione's doing, like, both of their essays. Like, they're just trying to get by. Like, those are the bits that I like. I do okay. remember reading like the bits about them with the like scrolls and everything yeah. like that. That that always sort of I always seem to have a really vivid picture of that. I don't know why there's yeah. specific moments also, with the scrolls. Can't they just use a ballpoint pen? Like, oh, do you really have to use a quill <laughs> and scrolls? Also, like the requirements for their s the requirements for their essays. It's always like a dimension, and I always found that yeah. to be so unfair. Because what if you have like Hermione had tiny handwriting because i remember that ron makes a comment about it at some point 
And but what if you have like really tiny handwriting? Then you just have to like get over that real quick because you're not going to reach the two the two foot requirement. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe they do uh, a specific handwriting class as well. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Along with their arithmetic and their history of magic. Which is, I, I always choose, you know, those, like, BuzzFeed quizzes. Like, which subject would you, like, are you looking forward to? I always either click, like, History of Magic or um, Transfiguration because McGonagall teaches Transfiguration. <laughs> transfiguration <laughs> like, sounds like a really interesting class. Yeah. But, like, I really love history in general. So I think a History of Magic class would be so interesting, especially to a Muggle-born, like... Like, yeah, I, I always choose like history of magic or muggle studies, which obviously yeah. I know a fair amount about muggles. You know. Yeah, and you'd be like, I'm going to ace this class. Yeah, all, all the muggle ones who just take that. Easy. Yeah, it's like I remember in my school, like if you spoke a second language, you would just take that language and be like, yeah, I've, and I've got ace this. the class. Yes. I, 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 I mean, like, I'll, I'll definitely yeah. get that. Yeah, fuck um, the astronomy or whatever. <laughs> I know that I used to think I that. Would... Sorry, uh, I know that I used to think that if I were a Muggle who had lived my entire life not knowing that magic was a thing, or that I was a witch, and then I suddenly got to learn all the because I like history. If I got to learn like history of magic, I would be all over that. But then, history depends a lot on your teacher. If you have a really good mm. his- history teacher yeah. that can get because you excited isn't... about it. Yeah, isn't the teacher like a really boring old Exactly. Ghost? He's a ghost. Professor yeah. Bins, yeah. Mr. Bins? Yeah. 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 And he's like really so like that made me reconsider because I feel like mm, even though I enjoy right. history, if you get someone who's just gonna drone on and on and on throughout the entire lecture, you're it's definitely like pull not... a Hermione and just read all of the books. Exactly. <laughs> it's just no. I'd also want to know like what like in muggle, muggle studies, would they have everything accurate or would there be sort yeah. of some things that they think that muggles do that are like, no, that's definitely not what we yeah. what we do. Like, would there I be kind muggles? I hope that that is the case, that they're just like... Everything's wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Not everything's wrong, but just that like... Just little, little bits. 50% of the stuff is 50% wrong. Yeah. Like if, if <laughs> yeah, like bits about things like TV and for, stuff. Like what the hell is muggle studies going to be about? I'd love to see, like, because a muggle-born correcting, like, something in the class, sort of sitting there like, no, that's definitely not right. I definitely don't do that at home. But here's the thing. I would think that whoever would teach that class is probably a muggle-born themselves. Mm. So, like, they would be... So, like, Hermione is a muggle-born, and she knows how things work properly in, like, the muggle world, but then she also has that awareness of... yeah. But, but the wizarding Professor world is Bins like, so... is like really old, and pro- even if he was Muggleborn, he's probably real. Yeah, blind. isn't the joke? Is, isn't the joke that he has actually lived all of the history of magic? <laughs> There's some joke like that. <laughs> I remember. I think it was that he died at his study, and then just his and ghost just got up his body and <laughs> it left his body behind to go teach his class because he didn't even realize that he had died. Yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar. Isn't Professor Bint, Professor Flitwick, and the lead goblin all played by the same person? I, I don't like think it's... 
Maybe. I don't think Bins yeah, makes kids... an appearance in the film, though. No. Yeah, Bins, he, he does. Bins isn't in the film. Is he? Is he? Is he? Oh, I don't is... think so. Because think... he's a ghost. I don't oh, remember. No, I think... Maybe he's not portrayed as a ghost, ever had... though. You never had um, a history of magic lesson, did you? Oh, I remember... Because in the Chamber of Secrets, and I remember this because we read this uh, pretty recently in book club, in the Chamber of Secrets, Professor Binns is the one who gives them like the overall general like lore behind the Chamber yeah, of Secrets and the history. Oh, yeah. It's not McGonagall. Oh, you know what it is? It's just that they they um did Professor Flitwick's costuming differently. Mm. They made him a really old dude in the first one, and then made him really young in like the later ones. For like a regular reason. dude, yeah. Mm. But, but I think the it's the same. Yeah, actor. it's um, Warwick Davis, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's there's the who is it? Grip Hook. Um, he plays in the later films, but he doesn't play him in the first film. The first film, it's what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Um, Troy something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know you're talking yeah. about. Oh no, uh, something Troy. Uh, oh, uh, Vern Troyer. That's the one. He, he yeah. plays the first. Yeah, yeah, that's in right. In first film, um, Brooke Hurt, and then it's subsequently Warwick Davis. Yeah, that's right. Now, but isn't he's in the later films, isn't he? Or is, he, or is he just in full, uh, Philosopher's Stone? I think he comes mm. back to play a different role. Oh, yeah, no, he comes back to play the goblin in, um, that, that, uh, steals the sword of Gryffindor. Griphook? Yeah. Is it Griphook? I think so. Yeah, maybe it is, hold on, I'm trying to, I'm trying to Google it. <laughs> in Hallows. Okay, no, Warwick Davis replaced um, Vern Troyer for, uh, well, I don't know for what reason. Right. Recasting, probably. Oh, he, well, he, so in the first film, Vern Troyer played Griphook, but Warwick Davis voiced him. Oh, okay. So, I don't know why that was, why they did that. and not. Pro- probably because he couldn't so, do so it. Then I guess. British accent, so just like just get the British guy to do the British character, yeah. the British voice, <laughs> and then they, yeah, and then they're all like, "Hang on, yeah, that. why don't we just instead of doing post recording, just have him record on set? Just have him, yeah, because he was he was Flitwick for the first few films, and then Griffith came back, and they were like, yeah, let's just use him for those as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I always enjoy behind the scenes stuff like that. Like, there's a scene from the first Hallows where um, one in, in the in the bank and, like, all the goblins are walking around and there's a goblin that walks across in front of um, Hermione as Bellatrix carrying, like, pulling along, um, like, a, like, a trolley sort of thing and it's, and it's, um, his kids... The, the dude that plays Griphook, it's it's his children dressed up as goblins sitting in the oh, cool. trolley. And I was like, that's really <laughs> cute. Like, brilliant. And like, I was, you know, that's one thing that I don't like about streaming is that 
I was the, the sort of person who would watch the heck out of all the extras and all the featurettes yeah. on DVDs. And so with streaming, there's less of that now. I mean, you can look it up on YouTube afterwards, but it was just so much easier because you knew it was there and you knew what you were getting than actually to, having to look up stuff. It's just, ugh, it's more of a hassle. <laughs> and then Netflix yeah. doesn't have special features unless they actually make like a, like a behind the scenes special. It's, like with Stranger yeah. Things, I thought that the Beyond Stranger Things thing Which was is just great. absolutely genius. Love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they need to do more of that. Yep. And I think they did one for Sense 8 too. I haven't watched that one. But also kind of talking about how it was behind the scenes and getting the show together and that stuff. I just, I always find that sort of stuff fascinating. Mm. Well, also to alienate a lot of the audience, I know ABC does a lot of that stuff on iView. Yeah. Which only the Australian, only the Australians will understand, but yeah, there's a lot of like behind the scenes bonus stuff on there. Um, as a little so side... So what is happening? Yeah, as a little side note, I'm just reading through characters that were replaced in Harry Potter. Um, Voldemort, who we all know as Ralph Fiennes, was played, like, the head on the back of Quirrell was played by Richard Bremer in the in the first movie. Which, are, which Oh, yeah. Have, which is interesting. Hmm, I did, like, hmm, that's an interesting... Yeah, there were lots of little things that. like that. To go back, that... wasn't, wasn't Lavender Brown... Black, black in the first yeah in the first yes. film yes she yes was. yeah, well, yeah. There, i wasn't misremembering um, that yeah, there's, there's a, lot a of thing where they say like, like that, really. but it's like she was a background character so i know i read yeah. before that like she was yeah, played by two different actresses oh, no, there's and a lot of the brand wasn't an important character yet so it was just like background character just <laughs> extra <laughs> casting done but then yeah she became an important character like oops we messed up you know like there's a lot of them like Katie Bell, Marcus Flint, they were all recast when they then started also, to have speaking roles. Also, Lavender Brown can be black in, in later films. So I know that uh, yeah, recently there's been a bit of just that, especially with Hermione being black in the play. They're just like, why then recast Lavender Brown? But whatever. Yeah, I, it, I don't mm-hmm. think it was even like a, like a race thing. It was just like, we need somebody to do... Like a speaking role. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was just like met from minor character she made it well, from background character because she wasn't really even mentioned that much in the first few films. Yeah. Hence why you don't no. really, even really know. I think it's literally her. just that first time in the first book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And they had they really they didn't have any way of knowing at that point. Because no. like they wouldn't have known that she was gonna play like a bigger character in later books. Yeah, yeah. J.K. Rowling has this thing about mentioning characters like maybe once, and then bringing them back four books later as a as a bigger character. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, if you want to go that that way, no, but I actually, yeah, but I actually really world. like that. Exactly, because yeah. it it feels like it. She does it well. Exactly. Also, well. yeah. doesn't like George R. R. Martin does the exact same thing. He'll introduce a really minor character. <laughs> And then three books later, oh, look, they're the saviour of Westeros or whatever. Yeah, but George R. R. Martin's, like, really crazy. Well, yeah. <laughs> and he, he could do whatever <laughs> the fuck he wants. 
Maybe it's just the English writer thing. Just <laughs> something in the water. Yeah, just instead of inventing characters, just do minor characters and make them bigger. <laughs> Daisy, we're gonna need you to do some research. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get all my English writer knowledge, <laughs> <laughs> of which I have very little. All right, I have another question referring Fire to away. referring to um, the personalities of us today. What is your Patronus? And were you happy with it? Because I'm pissed off about mine. <laughs> oh, again, yeah, are, you, are you never going to stop mentioning that you're pissed off about your Patronus? Nope. <laughs> I, nope? Mentioned okay. it. I mentioned it the first Hangover episode, and I mentioned it a and Great Mates episode. Yeah, and... whatever the Great Mates episode was. <laughs> I, I, I'm, it, I'm not happy I'm not happy about it and I refuse to take any knowledge about it alright who's first <laughs> well, why don't you re-mention yours alright fine um, so I did it twice the first time I did it I got a rat and I was like fuck this so then the second time I did it I got a rottweiler which is like just a big dog and I was like it's better than a rat, but it's still not exciting. So I just I just think about like how Pottermore just doesn't have every single animal. So I so I believe in what I want to believe because you can't possibly have every single animal in this web base. So I'm just like I'm just gonna believe in what I want to. Um, Which is an elephant. I want mine to be an elephant. Could you imagine like an elephant Patronus just like storming down yeah no, no, no. E- charging, even better charging a down. baby elephant patronus <laughs> just like charging down like because it is both cute graceful and terrifying at the sheer size of it yeah Ugh. how about you right. nick what's your what's your patronus uh my Pottermore patronus says dapple gray mare which i'm not against i so find like- it's a bit so like a grey horse. Yeah. I think it's a bit boring. <laughs> I'd prefer it to be like a tapir or something. Something to be a bit cooler. Something exotic. Yeah. Oh, my favourite animal's a tapir. So I just want it to be a tapir just so I can be like, tapirs all the time. But Represent. <laughs> well, so, mine yeah. is mine is a black stallion. Ooh. I quite well, like that good. though. <laughs> Because, again, I have, like, the visual image of, of like, a horse just charging down a Dementor. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, a big, strong... <laughs> <laughs> big, strong... Mm. Horse. Yeah. <laughs> Daisy? Uh, mine's a beagle. And I know this might alienate a lot of people, but I'm not a fan of dogs. So... Ooh. That's not one that I would I'm happy with. So I definitely would change that <laughs> if possible. What's your choice what animal then? Well, see, that's, um, I don't know. The first one that comes to mind, and I don't know why, which isn't as you know great at charging down things as everyone's talking about their one, would be a tortoise. Oh, uh, that'd be cool. Just because, you know, because... slowly attacking the Dementors. Well, see... Um... You know, Hermione's is an otter, you know. It, it has yeah. sharp teeth, but, you know, it's not really a vicious animal. 
and like you know, Ron's is a beagle. And Luna's is a rabbit, so it's not like they're They don't need to be fierce. Yeah. Well the other thing is, like we're sort of kind of thinking about it as if it were, I don't know, like a Pokemon battle where like you would want <laughs> like a physical also, advantage. Like, when really what they do have like diggy digging paws and teeth, they can like tear dementors apart. Yeah, but but they're exactly but realistic well, how realistic can you get? But they wouldn't really physically attack the No, it's it's more like a torch in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Does sea animals count? I feel like sea animals haven't been explored. Hmm, interesting. Is there any birds? Yeah. Owls. Yeah, they are birds. They have owls. Okay. Imagine like a cockatoo or something. If you look at when the, um, I think like in the films when some of the Patronuses are like when Harry's one is the stag and it's running towards the um, Dementors and then suddenly goes into like a sort of light. Mm. I'm trying to imagine that with other animals that aren't particularly like wouldn't be able to run towards say like a tortoise. It's not exactly one that you can imagine. Galloping towards the. Well, I'm trying to think, like, if you had a dolphin, would there be, like, would there be sort of water? Patronus water yeah, around it. Yeah, yeah. But then the otter doesn't have water around it. But an otter can also, like, be on land. Yeah, but also otters are known for holding hands when they float down rivers. <laughs> <laughs> but otters have legs to walk on ground with. A dolphin does not. Have you seen the Simpsons episode where they like hop on their back? <laughs> That's a terrifying episode of the Simpsons. That is terrifying. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because mm. yeah, what if it was like, like yeah, why why aren't there sea creatures? Like, why is it always like a rabbit and a dog? And what if, and like. Why are they all muggle animals? Why why aren't they like magical creatures? Like I want a thestral. Uh, that's explained. You but I can want a have thestral. a magical creature, but you have like you have to be a very strong character to get cuz I think it's is it Lupin? No. Um Tonks has a werewolf as her patronus. Yeah, but that's cuz her love lover is a werewolf. Yes, but they do exist. But like, oh, I've just found that dolphins, you can get a dolphin as a patronus. Huh. Cool. <laughs> Yay, is there, solving that. Is there water? So, there you go. But there's the... I need visuals. Yes, yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether that's water or just the sort of general... Um, Wispiness patronus, that comes with patronus them. aura. Yeah. And doesn't Dumbledore... Have that as well. Doesn't Dumbledore have a phoenix as a patronus? Yeah. Or, I'm, or am I just making that up? I feel like his is a phoenix. Yeah, maybe with forks. I don't know. Um, but speaking of magical creatures, I love Thestrals. Like, I just have, like, something about Thestrals just, like, is so interesting to me. Ooh, that is creepy. Sorry, I just Googled it. Yeah, it's a phoenix, but his bogget is the corpse of his sister. Yeah, Ariana. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, creepy. Because, like, he killed her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, favourite uh, magical creatures. 
I think a phoenix would probably be very high up on yeah. my list. Hippogriffs? That too. Hippogriffs. Probably phoenix, hippogriffs, and thestrals in that order. Mm. Mm. Unicorns are too basic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're basically a muggle magical animal. But the thing is, with a, with a unicorn, they, you can't really have a unicorn as a pet. Like, you would want it to roam free. I mean, I don't know. I guess the same the same would apply to, like, a hippogriff. But, like, my point is that you well, can domesticate them. You can, you can domesticate like, a thestral. Thing. You can domesticate a hippogriff. You can domesticate yeah. a phoenix. The unicorn well, you can't really doesn't... can't domesticate a dragon either. Well, exactly. Like, the unicorn doesn't... At, at least the way it's presented in the books, it doesn't strike me as the kind of animal that you would be able to domesticate and keep as a pet. Or like, yeah. Well, none of these animals you should really be domesticating. True. I think that's shown very obvious by Hagrid. <laughs> True, <laughs> but like thestrals, like they are like actively used every year to like pull the carriages and all that. Hippogriffs you sh- probably shouldn't domesticate, but like phoenixes you can potentially have them as like a pet. Yeah, there seems to be like some weird. Um... The, like, justice system, not justice, but, like, social, like, way that they handle magical creatures in um, Harry Potter seems to be a little, um, on the, you know, questionable side, because it's hard to draw the line between what is counted as, like, an animal and what is counted as a, like, humanic, what has those sort of features, because then you've got... You've got goblins, you've got um, house elves. and Centaurs. Like, yeah, centaurs, vampires, werewolves. You've got like pixies, mermaids, gnomes. You've got all of these things that have can express more closely to be associated with human emotion. But like where do you draw the line between like a centaur and like a unicorn? Like what if there's some weird in between thing? What if there's – what if – like, if a unicorn can express human emotion but just can't do it through speaking, like... Well, also, mm. where do uh, animagus count in there? Mm. Like, because they're an animal, but they have the brain of a human. Yeah. <laughs> it just it just gets really, like... Complicated. Iffy, yeah. Yeah, because there's a bit where Hermione keeps... Um, Rita Skeeter in her um, oh the, in her beetle form in a jar in her beetle form or is it a beetle yeah whatever yeah, it beetle. is and then it's just like for and she keeps her there for quite a while I think so you think where's her and then yeah you've got uh, spew so what what's her um, moral compass with that yeah with the fact that she sort of wants to free these house elves but it's like this woman. She wasn't nice, so I'm gonna, you know. I'm gonna trap her in a. <laughs> I'm gonna trap her in a jar. But then also, um, her cat is half nasal, so. Mm. And then, but then you also talk. We've got um, Aragog, who was a giant fucking spider, yeah. but talks. Yeah. So. It's English. Yeah. So, like, where is the like? Do you treat him as an equal? Like, human... Or do you get a really big thong and just hit him with it? 
<laughs> to squish him under the giant under my shoe country sized shoe. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, that that's a that's a yeah. part that I, which is why I'm glad she wrote about Spew and Hermione like trying to combat that. But then you have to think yeah. about all of the other creatures. Like you've got to put. Well, like, owls, too. Like, owls are pretty smart. Yeah, and they're being, like, carrier pigeons, basically. Exactly. Yeah, but even further than that, like, Harry can sort of, like, people can sort of communicate roughly with their owls, and Hedwig was always very good at, like, gauging what Harry's mood was and when he needed to be cheered up. And it was like, this needs to be serious. But then also domestic pets can do that. Like, a cat and a dog can also tell your emotions. Yeah, but Harry was like, this letter needs to go to Sirius. Find him. I don't know where he is. Like, and Sirius was in hiding. It wasn't even like, sort of, if you sent it to the Weasley, we would have a set address, whereas Sirius was in some random cave somewhere. True. Also, why couldn't, like, theoretically, why couldn't the Ministry of Magic just send an owl, send a letter to Sirius Black through an owl, and then just track the owl? <laughs> That's something that always really bothers yeah, it's, me. it's definitely like a sort of um, almost loophole. Like, where, where do these yeah. lines cross? Like, can you? Yeah, that's a plot line we don't want to receive a letter. But also, how does far does Accio go? Like, can you just be like Accio Sirius Black? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it works on humans. Yeah. That? Or like, so, or like that's unless, Accio unless... the clothes of Sirius Black, and you just hope that the clothes bring him with them. <laughs> Unless Sirius Black is actively cloaking himself from being found by anybody, but because he knows Hedwig is Harry's owl, then he's sort of like in his, he's not blacklisted, so he can actually reach him. Does that make so sense? It's, See, it's I, like... I thought you were actually going to say, what about if Sirius is naked? And I was going to be like, well, that screws the <laughs> Akio Sirius's clothes thing. Um, I was, I was going to say, like, you'd think Sirius would probably, if he's on the run... He'd probably be fine with having his clothes ripped off of him so he can just carry on running in that sense. True. But, like, I feel like he would, so. if he's cloaking himself in some way so that people can't find him or track him, then he probably makes an exception for Hedwig or something. Yeah, there would be. So mm. it's like, well, because it's like your phone, changes... you just have everybody blocked, but you unblock Hedwig. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but Harry. <laughs> but he, cha- he changes um, Owl as well. Because Hedwig oh, yeah, is too. He does distinguishable so he changes to what's the out because he gives it to Ron and they call it something and Ginny gives it like a really long name or Pigwidgeon 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 yes that's the one sounds stupid (laughs) (laughs) which is why we Ginny didn't name their children (laughs) 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 well Harry didn't do a good job either it's better than Pigwidgeon probably should have taken away Harry's Privilege to do that as well. Well, it's not. We probably could have said Molly could have done it better. I mean, she's got Fred, George, Ron, Percy, Charlie, Bill. Like sensible names. Yeah. <laughs> so we pretty standard names, I think. Yeah. What are What are his children's name again? Albus, Severus, and um, one of them's called Rose. No, that's Hermione. That's uh, that's yeah. Um, James. Is there a? 
Sirius James, James Sirius, something like that. James Sirius Potter. It was Al- it's Albus. Like, wait, Lily Sirius Luna. Oh, no, um, Albus. God, that's I need to look this up. Lily Luna look. Potter, and Albus Lily, Severus yeah. Potter, and James Sirius Potter. And then I think Ron and Hermione just have Rose. They've got Hugo, is it? Oh, Rose and Hugo. Lily. Yeah. So it's James Sirius, Albus Severus, and Lily Luna Potter. Hmm. I, see, the alliteration of Lily Luna throws me off a bit. Yeah, Lily Luna. For me, it's a little Lily Luna. Like, I can't I can't do it. Lily. Lily Luna. Lily Luna. No. No, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Lily Luna. Well, I guess I can if I set my mind to it, but... <laughs> <laughs> But that that's a thing with J.K. Rowling though is that she she has like the like you know Bill Charlie like Fred and then you've got like Cho Chang Padma Patil like mm-hmm. yeah but also that's white people names versus ethnic names yeah like yeah she's she's definitely got a um, sort of cultural stereotype name yeah for each like different in, like my mum is always annoyed with um, the fact that my mum's Irish. So she's always annoyed that Seamus Finnegan is like this it's like one, one Irish character and it's like Seamus Finnegan. Like you've got to have an Irish name if you're, if you're Irish. Yeah. No, but that's like within Curse of Child, the, the son that is in this alternate universe is like, it's um, it, Padma's son is like not even a real name, like in that culture. And they were all like, like everybody... I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this. I don't remember what culture it was. Um, I'm just gonna say it was India, but I don't think it was India. Um, they were oh, like, but that's then the again, name of a river. Like that's not a real person's name. That's the name of a river. Like, but then to to her defense, because she's building such like a huge world, and these are all minor characters that she's not necessarily gonna delve into their background. It's like the easiest way to show diversity within like the student body i would think yeah that is true because you can't be like this asian girl walked up to me exactly so you just but could you choose something else rather than cho chang oh no for sure for (laughs) sure i'm with you 100 (laughs) percent. like carmen chang like like that's probably that was probably the reasoning behind it because she wasn't really going to get into these like minor background classmates backstories so it's like the easiest way to show diversity and not yeah that does make the most sense but but when you like i know racially but when you're talking like when daisy said irish you can just be like with a heavy irish accent you don't have to be like shavis finnegan like the most stereotypical (laughs) irish name yeah but to be fair like the irish aren't great with names to begin with So, well, so that feels like a that real, one. that feels like a real Irish name. Mm. But especially somewhere as multicultural as, like the UK, like you have, like, not everybody's going to be called Padma and Pavati. You're going to have some, you're going to have some like, Jenny that's from, like that has an Indian background, like. <laughs> not necessarily mm-hmm. yeah i get that in the book sense but you could also be like 
she has dark skin because sometimes it is explained whether they have light or dark skin, like whether it's a light or dark skinned character. But also, it doesn't need to be mentioned. Like, that's the thing with casting Hermione as a black person in Curse of Child is because it's never really mentioned about her, like, her skin mm-hmm. colour. Yeah, I guess it's also, it was, I guess, similar to what you've been saying, it's like, it's kind of, as she delves deep into most other characters' names, this is just like a shortcut. So it's like, um... Yeah, I don't need to give you a background that this person is, like, maybe ethnic. It's like that whole thing have you seen with the Tumblr thing of, um, Remus Lupin's name being, like, werewolf mcwerewolf yeah yeah it's just like basically this is him this is his name this is what he is not that you would sort of look at his name and think oh definitely werewolf from that name but it's kind of yeah she she uses a lot of latin she uses a lot of latin especially with the spells that basically just just say what they do yeah it's it's literally like sometimes it's either a mix that is like either just literally just the Latin word or the Latin plus like a sort of little flourish to make it not so on the nose. Yeah. Because like Lupin doesn't. Lupin means like mm, wolf or moon. Well, it comes from lupus. Yeah. And then Remus is like a name in Greek mythology or something that's. Referring to the moon, I believe. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. It's it, yeah. It's very on the nose. It's very. Hmm. <laughs> but that, that's only for specific characters. Like you know, not every character has a really on the on the nose name like Werewolf McMoon or whatever it is. Moon, or like moon. Professor Sprout, who <laughs> yeah, teaches herbology. herbology. Like, what else could she could she teach <laughs> with that name? Snape, even. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. your name is Severus Snape. Like, and doesn't Draco, Draco means dragon, dragon, yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. yeah but then again, that's like that's kind of a very nice name. But like, it 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 infers that you have like you're a little bit like on the edge. Oh yeah, that, that you're a bit up yourself. Yeah, that you're a bit regal, but it's still like it's not. Werewolf Moon Man. <laughs> well, see, Malfoy in French means unfaithful. So. Ooh. Unfaithful dragon. Yeah. yeah. That, well, that does turn out to be dragon. true. Well, yeah. Well, and also, like in, myth- and, like, in mythology and, like, fantasy lore, the dragons weren't necessarily, like, huge, noble. Uh, creatures. They were usually selfish. They would hoard all the treasure for themselves. They're usually, you know, like the, the stereotypical knight going to defeat the dragon. So, like, if you look at that, if you look at it from that angle, it's like and a they selfish. Exactly. It's like the selfish, um, greedy, conniving creature. Yeah, no puff the magic dragon here. <laughs> <laughs> no page dragon. No, no, oh god, I run out of dragons. What's another dragon? Uh, Newcastle um, Fireballs. 
Shut up. <laughs> I need to get Quidditch in here somehow. <laughs> Fine. Well, one more question to wrap up. If you played Quidditch, what position would you play? Nick? I'm a beta chaser. Daisy, what position would you want to play? Uh, I think keeper. Keeper. Ooh. Oh, Nick doesn't like that. Uh, just keeper isn't always a good position for small females. Hmm. We'll move on before that gets too much. Yeah. I wish. Oh I no, was... no. I just mean when you have like three hundred pound guys running at you, it's kind of hard if you're small. Who said uh... Daisy was small? Yeah, you, you don't know my size. You don't know how, how good a keeper I am. Okay, fair. <laughs> but I mean, to be fair, I was literally just going off. Yeah, I would always at school when I was forced to play football, I would just go and go. So that's pretty much my basis for that. I'm not sport sporty person, so you know, go for the bit where you just have to stand around. <laughs> yeah. Cassandra. I would have to preface my answer by saying that I'm not good at sports at all. So I would not, there's zero possibility of me getting into like a Quidditch <laughs> team. With that being said, uh, I think I would probably want to be a keeper too. I'm going to mm. piggyback off your answer, Daisy. I think I would probably be a keeper. I've always wanted to be a beater just just to like hit stuff and not actually have to play the game I think is like not be concerned with the point scoring system and be more concerned about like trying to like not get out uh, half of the team killed in in the books you're either uh like batting are they steel rock whatever they are right at people's heads yeah and then in real life you're just throwing dodgeballs at people's faces. Yeah. So it's really fun. It is It is one of the funnest things you can do. Yeah, I feel like the... in real life it would be really fun, but within the Harry Potter universe, I just, I wouldn't be able to get past, like, the the guilt of, like, having mm-hmm. a teammate of mine get concussed because I didn't reach the bludger in time or something yeah. like that. I, like... <laughs> yeah, but then you also have the enjoyment of snapping Draco Malfoy's arm or whatever... <laughs> Whatever else you're doing. True. But, yeah, what parents are letting their children play Quidditch? Yeah. yeah. Well, why Why do parents let their children play rugby league? Why do, children let, uh, why do parents let their children play NFL? It is literally just concussion. Yeah. Well, hmm. Mm, mm. Usually because they're fans themselves. They're fans themselves of the sport, so. Yeah. I mean, you can get hurt in any sport. It doesn't matter what sport. But, yeah, there's a higher risk in contact sports. Also, I I feel like Quidditch in real life would be a really overwhelming sport to watch. Yeah, because there's so many different parts. There's so many different parts. It's like four, five, six games in one. Exactly. You've got somebody, somebody chasing a snitch. You've got dodgeball. You've got somebody trying to get a ball through a hoop. Like no, and and also keep in mind these people are zooming by in brooms. Like, are you even going to be able to see anything realistically? Probably not. Mm. 
At least you'd like, get so like, like, like keeping up with everything. I, I at would least if you had like be... a um, a seat in a stadium, you'd get a good view no matter where you sat. Like an don't... overall bird's eye view yeah. of everything. That would probably yeah. Well, even then... even in watching it, you can only either watch the chaser game, the beta game, or the seeker game. You can never actually watch the entire game properly. Yeah. In the actual films, when there's like Harry's gone off to find the snitch in the clouds, it's like you're not going to be able to see any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From from wherever you are, you're going to be completely in the in the dark in terms of has he caught the snitch? Like, yeah. And does like the until field comes back down again? The field does does the field not count as a boundary? Like. No, the field never counts as a boundary, even yeah, in real Quidditch. What the fuck? What's <laughs> yeah? So. So you have soft boundary and hard boundary. You have to keep the game in soft boundary, but if the ball goes in, like goes past soft boundary, you can continue playing until it goes into hard boundary, and then you have to reset. God, oh, interesting. And so, then, like, my hard main point is like three kilometers. So my main point is that being a Quidditch commentator is probably the worst job in the world. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, it God. is not fun. I've I've tried it. It is not fun. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a nightmare trying to keep track of all of that. Alright, yeah. I think we're gonna wrap up there. We've been going for an hour and a half and I think we could go for four more hours if we wanted to. <laughs> Harry Potter is just one of those things that we can continually talk, talk about, about forever, forever. Which is a testament <laughs> to some great mates episodes. Alright. Um <laughs> Yeah, do we want to go around and do social media so that we can follow you, Sandra? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Sandra Says. Sorry, Sandra Says Stuff. There we go. Sa- Sandra Says Stuff. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Daisy? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty much Daisy Rundell on everything. So Twitter and Instagram are my two things that I use. Yeah. Good. Google it if you're confused. <laughs> and Nick? Uh, I am Nick Lankroon on it, on everything, so keeping it on brand. On, on brand. I am on brand for everything but Slack for whatever reason. So you can find me, your host for today's episode, at Anastasia Marwan on every platform that matters. Alright, what a great Harry Potter episode. Yay. Uh, I had fun. Yay. <laughs> well, I'm always going to have fun when it's it was, Harry Potter. So. Yeah. yeah, it's the same. Can't not have fun. All right.